I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the kids' time. Good job, Curtin. Hey, one more time. Let's give it up for the worship team, too. Nice, you guys. Good. Well, here we are. Come on, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. And so maybe at this point, you're actually seeing this behind me, simple Christmas. Come on, parents, doesn't that sound glorious? A simple, come on, when I, when I hear simple Christmas, here's what I think. No drama, no worry, no stress, no family arguments, no counting calories, But if you are anything like me, a simple Christmas sometimes can sound simply impossible, right? Because when it comes to Christmas, there is just a lot. Come on, there, there's just like so much, like so much travel and so much bouncing around from house to house and so much money and so much stress. And are we going to stepdads or mo this mother-in-laws or that nephews or are we staying in town? Are we going over there? Last year we did your family and this year we did. I mean, like there's just so much. And what happens is you, you just kind of pit stop at a quick Christmas service, you go home Christmas morning, the kids Tasmanian devil the presents, you blink, it's New Year's, and then you just start all over again, right? Come on, there, there, are, there are many words that could be used to describe Christmas, but simple really isn't one of them. I mean, it really is easy for us as people to add complexity to something that started with simplicity, Yet when we actually get to the center of Christmas, the real center of Christmas, it actually is pretty simple, right? Like if, if you know the story, Mary and Joseph are going back to Joseph's hometown, his ancestral hometown of Bethlehem because the ruling empire of Rome has uh, demanded that there has to be a census. And so they, they make the trek back and to add an extra layer of complexity to it, Mary is nine months pregnant. She's about to pop. And it's here in Luke 2, we pick up with the story. While they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for Jesus to be born. And Mary gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Why? Because biblical angels, real angels, are, are big, strong. They're not just these cute, little, chubby, fat angels who live on clouds. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Everybody say good news. That will, that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. 
See, guys, Christmas isn't nearly as complicated as we have made it. At the center of it all, if you can kind of like pull off all the layers that we've added, at the center of Christmas is a gift. And I'm not talking about like baby dolls and a pair of new Jordans. Come on, somebody, what do you want? VR headset, PS5s, Gucci purses, ladies. Come on, somebody. New pair of golf clubs, Lexus December to remember car event. What I'm saying at the center of Christmas is ultimately God's gift to all of us in Christ Jesus. That what lies in this manger is is not another pair of socks, is not another bad tie. Come on, dads. You can live or live without. At the center of Christmas is not Santa. At the center of Christmas is God's good gift to us all, Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the gift that all of us deeply need and desperately desire whether or not we realize it. So let me explain. Here's the first truth for us. Jesus, good news today, is God's gift to the lonely. Come on, family. Studies actually would show us that over half of people get depressed around the holidays, right? But how many of you know we don't need a survey to tell us that? Because we've all experienced it. Every single one of us has had to kind of wrestle with the deep loneliness of the soul. We've wrestled with some of those questions before about, like, does anybody care about me? Does anybody love me? Come on, does anybody even like me? Right? We've wrestled with those things before. And again, if we, come on, guys. If we're really honest, we complain about the hustle and the bustle of Christmas, but some of us actually like it. Because if we actually slowed down then the loneliness might catch back up with us. But I got good news. Y'all ready for some good news? Jesus cannonballs into the middle of the loneliness. And here it is in in Matthew uh, chapter one, verse 23. The angel says the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. And maybe you've heard that word before and wondered what it means. Emmanuel means God with us. Come on, family, the good news this Christmas is this, is that God has not left you. God is not a billion miles away in the seventh heaven somewhere way up there. No, God is with us. Ever since the Garden of Eden, the pursuing God has been longing to walk in relationship and fellowship with his people. Sin separated us, but Jesus united us back because God is with us. And now, can I be honest with you? I ask you to be honest with me. I'm gonna be honest with you. There are times that I still feel deep loneliness. There is. And I know you're like, well, you're a pastor. You're supposed to be perfect. No, 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 no. There's only one perfect. His name's Jesus. I have an amazing family. I'm surrounded by people all day long. But here's here's what we need to know. Loneliness is not cured by the crowd, Loneliness is cured by being known and by knowing. And there are times that I actually realize that I've been running so fast that I've actually been ignoring my soul's best friend. And it's in those times that I have to kind of like pull the car of my life over to the side, turn it off, step away, slow down, and I draw near to God. And we have this really amazing promise in the Bible that God says, if you draw near to me, that I'll draw near to you. And when we actually draw near to him, it's there that my soul's best friend comes in and I come alive again. Because here's the truth, guys. Really what the lonely need is family. 
is touch, is warmth, is community, is friendship. And Jesus is that gift to us. On my best days, God is there. On my, on my worst days, God is there. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He loves me. And guess what? He even likes me. He even likes me. Why? Because Jesus is God's gift to the lonely. But God doesn't stop there. Here's some more good news. Jesus is God's gift to the lonely. Here's the second thing. Jesus is also God's gift to the needy. Ugh. Needy is not a word that we like attaching to ourselves. You're like, oh, you're talking about that guy over there and not me. Like, I'm not needy. You know, I got it all together. And that's what happens. We want everybody to think that we have it all together. That's what we, you even did it this morning. I guarantee you. You like strutted into church and you're wearing your Sunday best, you know, Christmas. Greeter at the door's like, hey, how are you doing? You're like, hey, blessed and highly favored. Too blessed to be stressed. Head and not the tail above only and not beneath, seated with Christ in heavenly places. The Lord is my shepherd. I have no wants or needs. I am blessed. And then they look at you again. They're like, no, 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 no. Like, how are you really? <laughs> my job is downsizing. My fiance called off the wedding. I'm so sick and my dog just died. Your life's like a sad country song but you're trying to act like you have it all together. So can we just, come on, can this Christmas, can we all just admit, just for a second, that we're all at least just a little bit needy? Like we have some needs. Maybe there's some sickness in your body or there's sickness in the body of somebody that you love. Maybe, maybe you're having trouble making ends meet. Maybe you're worried, have anxiety about the things that are happening in the world and, and everywhere in between. Maybe there's relationships that are fractured. And guys, let me just kind of clue you in. Maybe you're not used to these environments. This is, this is a little bit of actually of what prayer is, right? Prayer in essence is saying, God, I have some needs that I can't do anything about, but I believe that you can. I can't fix this, but I believe that you can. And I would even venture to say this. I would, I would step out on a limb to say this this Christmas. I would say that there are some of us who are even here today or maybe online who the reason that you're here is because you need a miracle. And I'm not gonna shame you for that. Like, it's, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with needing a miracle from God. In fact, I have good news for you. Ephesians 3 says this, Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do, come on, family, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever, amen. Listen, our God is a miracle-working God. It's kind of what he does best, is bringing dead things back to life. Come on, I've seen it, some of you have seen, I've seen miracle checks in the mail, I've seen families get put back together out of nowhere when all hope was lost. I've seen bodies be put back together. I've seen cancers be healed. Why? Because our God is a supernatural God. Call out in faith in the name of Jesus. And what's impossible with man is possible with God. Why? Because Jesus is God's gift to the needy. But I'm gonna suggest today that the miracle that you're looking for might be too small. Come on, listen, because God is able to one-up anything you could ever ask or imagine. And what happens is many times we come to God asking for a miracle of healing or a miracle of money when God actually wants to give us something so much bigger and so much better, himself. 
We come asking something from God, but God wants to give us God himself. Because the greatest need that any of us have at the end of the day is the poverty of the soul. And that's why it's so important is that Jesus is God's gift to the guilty. Jesus is God's gift to the lonely. Jesus is God's gift to the needy. And Jesus is God's gift to the, to the guilty. I recently sat down with a father whose son is in prison and he's just been sentenced. And the son is actually really upset because it's an unfair sentence. And as I was talking to the dad, he actually gave me kind of like a little bit of a surprising reaction. He said, yeah, 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 the, the sentence is unfair, which makes me angry as a dad. He said, but as much as I want to pray for the miracle of him being released, my real prayer is that God will do whatever he's got to do to get my son's heart back. He said, that's my real prayer. Because my son is guilty and he's unrepentant. And this father knows that if God worked this miracle for his son and his son got out tomorrow, he'd probably just go and do it again and probably suffer worse consequences the next time. And so while this, this dad wants his son out, what he's really praying for is this. The father's prayer is that God would do a work in his son before he does a work for his son. And I believe that that's the character of God, that before God does something for you, I believe that God wants to do something in you. Before God does a miracle out there, the greatest miracle that it could ever happen is in here. Because listen, it's easy for all of us to point a finger. In fact, just a second ago, you're like, yeah, yeah, he probably deserves that. He deserves that sentence. Here, here's, here's what we forget. We're all guilty. Just some of us got caught. Come on, somebody. You want to put your, your stuff up here on the screen for a second? Here's how I'd say it. Some of us are guilty in the county court, but we're all guilty in the heavenly court because we've all sinned against God. And some of us came in here carrying that really heavy. In fact, I just, I kind of know how this works. Can I, so can I just kind of say this? There are certain ones of us who surface like a few times a year and we kind of migrate our way back into church and we usually hide in the corners and we hide behind our phone acting like we're, we're doing some important business deals. Mm -mm -mm. You're on Facebook. You're just trying to look busy. You, try, you, you don't want anybody to talk to you because you're afraid that all of a sudden your sin will just all come out and they'll know everything about you. And what happens is we make our way back into church and we kind of do this bargaining thing with God. And we say, God, here's the deal. I know who I am. I know what I've done. So I'm not gonna bother you any more than necessary. But if you'll just do this one thing for me, I'll get out of your hair. I'll leave you alone. You won't have to look at me anymore. And we just kind of scurry back away in our guilt and our shame. But Jesus is God's gift to the guilty. And before God does something for you, he wants to do something in you. He wants to take care of that. He wants to cure that because he is the cure for that. In fact, Romans 3.23, yeah, 3, it doesn't start out well, <laughs> but it finishes well. For everyone has sinned. Yeah, me, you, your friend, the Pope, president, everywhere in between. And we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God 
in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. And he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. I love this. Here's good news. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Come on, family. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. In other words, we don't have to carry the guilt. We don't have to carry the shame. We don't have to live in eternal separation from God. Jesus came and he paid the price for that. Maybe you've never connected the dots, but the baby Jesus who was born in this manger did not stay a baby. The God baby grew up to be the God man who lived the perfect life, lived with the perfect, sinless, spotless lamb of God who was crucified, dead, buried for the sins of the world. He was declared guilty so you could be declared innocent. He died so you could live. He rose again so you could walk in newness of life. And we are made right with God when we come into agreement with that, when we embrace that, when we come to faith in that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will be declared not guilty, not guilty, and receive everlasting life. Because Jesus is God's gift to the guilty. And family, what lies in this manger, what we remember at Christmas, what lies in this manger is God's greatest gift, It's God himself. He didn't give you just a little thing. He gave you himself. And this Christmas, it's time to receive Jesus as the best gift ever. Not to just look at him, not just to hear about him, but to actually receive him for the gift that he is. Companionship for the lonely. Miracles for the needy. Forgiveness for the guilty. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. (sighs) Mm. Father, I thank you that it's in a day like this, on a Christmas weekend, that we can just kind of slow down. Like I said a second ago, we can just kind of pull the car of our life over to the shoulder and turn it off and slow down just for a minute. And it's in this moment we thank you for the world-changing gift that Jesus is. And I pray right now for all of my friends who are about to receive that gift, maybe even for the first time, and come into saving faith in Jesus Christ on this Christmas weekend. Because listen, guys, the, the, the truth is that Jesus isn't God's gift to those who only hear about him. Jesus is God's gift to those who embrace him by faith. So if you're being drawn to Jesus right now, listen, it's not the lights. It's not emotion. (laughs) It's not my words. It's God himself. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. Don't, Don't ignore God in this moment. Lean in. Don't lean back, lean into this moment. And if today is the day that you're saying yes to Jesus Christ, I wanna lead you in a prayer. 
If today's the day that you're receiving the good gift of Jesus, listen, you may have come here for a thousand different reasons, but God had a different reason for you. You came asking for a miracle that was actually too small in comparison to the real miracle that God wanted to do in your life, for you to be born again. And so if today's the day for that, I wanna lead you in a prayer. But this isn't just a prayer to add Jesus to your life. It's not just a prayer to ease your conscience. It's actually a prayer to repent of your sins and to reorder your life around Jesus. And I'm gonna lead you in a prayer in just a second, but just so I can know who I'm talking to, who in here says, I need to receive Jesus for the gift that he is? Let me just lift up your hand just so I can know who I'm talking to. Yeah. Love it. I love it. You can put your hands back down. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray together and family of God around you is gonna pray with you. We're gonna pray like this. Let's pray. Say, God, I'm ready to receive Jesus as the gift he is. So right now, I repent of my sins. I leave the old me behind. I turn from the dark and step into the light. And today, I say yes to Jesus. I confess Jesus is the son of God who died for my sins and he rose again. And right now, I receive Jesus as God's gift into my life to change me from the inside out as my King and my Savior. My life changes today. And from this day forward, I will live for you. I receive your friendship. I receive your supernatural power. I receive your forgiveness. I'm a new person right now, all because of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Maybe you're not familiar with the Bible. Jesus actually says when one person comes to faith, all of heaven throws a party. So come on, we're going to join in with heaven who's rejoicing on this Christmas weekend. You just said yes to Jesus. But, but, but let me pause right here. Okay, Before we move into uh, what is one of my favorite things that we get to do on, on a Christmas service, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Okay, um, I would like everyone to do something I never ask you to do. I would like to, you to pull out your phone. Pull out your phone. I shouldn't have mine, but I do. Okay, I can see you. You're not pulling your phones out. Okay, here's the favor. Here's the favor. I'd like everybody to click on that QR code right there. Okay, here's the idea. Whether you've been at Victory for 15 years or 15 minutes, if you're a member from the beginning or this is your first time today, just pull it out, click, click that. On the other side of that, you're gonna see three questions. They're super quick questions. The first one is gonna be this. It's gonna ask you what campus that you're at. Uh, if you didn't know, you're in Norcross, Georgia right now. So click on Norcross, unless you're online, and click online. The second question is gonna ask you where are you at in your journey with God? So just be honest. Just be honest. We had service last night and there were people who were like, I have some doubts. There are some people who said, I, this is my first time ever saying yes to Jesus. There's a lot who said, hey, I came in here following Jesus. Now I just love him more, okay? So answer that second question. Then the third one is this. Would you like us to send you some information? If you don't want information, just click no and then hit submit. If you do want some follow-up information, just fill in your, fill in your like, email address and your name and we'll send that to you very soon, okay? So while you're doing that, let me step back here.
So while you're finishing that up, let me talk about one of my favorite things that we get to do in a Christmas service, and that is to light the candles. Now, if you've ever wondered why do we have a quote-unquote candlelight service, um, there's a few reasons for that. Okay, so if you remember that story in Luke 2 that I shared just a minute ago, that the shepherds went in and they saw Jesus and they went back and shared. Here's the first reason why we light the candles is because light is meant to be shared, right? Jesus actually says that we are the light of the world when his kingdom comes to live on the inside of us. And so in the same way that the shepherds left that, that Christmas night and they went and shared the good news, light is meant to be shared. We're meant to share the good news. Here's the reality, guys. If you have faith in Christ, you have faith in Christ because somebody shared with you. So in just a second, the usher's gonna come forward, we're gonna light the candles, and then the, the light's gonna spread through the room. And what's gonna happen is they're gonna light the end of the aisle, you're gonna light the person next to you. Why? Because light was meant to be shared. The gospel is meant to be shared. Why is the second reason that we light the candles is because light's meant to be shared and also light is meant to shine. Why do we have light if we don't let it shine, right? And so here's what you're gonna be able to observe. As the candles start being lit throughout this room, you're gonna begin to see a dark room begin to brighten up. And here's what we all know. We all know this, is we live in a dark world that desperately needs the light of Jesus Christ. So here's what I want you to do, okay? When we hit the third, um, third verse of the song that we're about to sing, you'll see the worship leaders lift up their candles. And when they lift up your, their candles, I want you to lift up your candle. And I want you to just kind of turn in that moment and just take it all in. And what I want you to observe is this dark room begins to get actually pretty bright. And I want God to just speak to you in that moment. What would it look like if all God's people, when we left here today, let our light shine into a dark world that we're about to go into? Okay, let's do that together. So do this, I want you to grab your candle, I want you to stand up to your feet, and let's worship God together. <laughs> 